0: Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hey friends, I hope that you're doing well. So we are on a break from the Selling the Couch podcast, but don't worry, we'll be back very soon. In the meantime, if you've been listening to the Selling the Couch podcast and thinking about launching your own podcast, first, I'm so excited for you. Podcasting has literally changed my career and allowed me to connect with so many amazing colleagues, many of whom you have heard on this podcast. Now, if you are thinking about launching your podcast, I do have two resources for you. The first is a free podcasting workshop I put together called Using Podcasting to Grow Your Business. It contains step-by-step instructions as well as many of the lessons that I've learned along the way from launching Selling the Couch back in 2015 to a whopping nine downloads to now over 1.2 million downloads and counting. You can sign up uh, for a date and a time that works for you according to your schedule over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. The second resource is the Healthcasters Podcasting Course. This course has supported the launch of over 275 podcasts, which is just unreal, uh, from our colleagues in the helping and healing professions. It also includes an option to upgrade to an online community, as well as some coaching from me. You can learn more about the Healthcasters over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash join the Healthcasters. Now on to today's replay episode. Hello, hello, welcome to session 112 of Selling the Couch. Hope you're having a wonderful start to your day. So today's conversation is about something that I've been wanting to do for a while. And uh, I know that several sort of like of you guys have been wanting to do as well, which is create an app. And I found someone in our field who has actually created an app to uh, to help the general public. And uh, today our conversation is all about the behind the scenes of what it takes to create an app. My guest today is Benjamin Reester. Benjamin is a licensed professional counselor up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, he works at mindfulcounselinggr.com. And Benjamin had this idea to create an app after hearing lots of conversations with clients and and just trying to figure out a more efficient way that they could uh, connect with the emotions that they were feeling and to be better able to track those emotions on sort of a day-to-day basis. So this is where the idea for Metify came from. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about a number of different things, including how Benjamin actually had this idea for this app, and how did he actually take it from just an idea to actually doing something with it? How did he actually validate that idea? And then how did he decide on who to hire? What did the hiring process look like in terms of creating this app? What are some of the lessons that he learned in creating something? Whether you have an app that you're thinking about or just thinking about a long-term kind of big project, I feel like this episode is going to be quite helpful for you. And I hope that you wanted to invite you to download the free online course guide if you are thinking about launching an online course and just want some things that have been helpful uh, for me and some of the tough lessons that I learned along the way. You can again download that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. And as I mentioned right at the beginning, we're actually starting a live cohort called Online Course School. This is a great opportunity to join with other therapists to validate and launch and record your online course the best way to find out about this and to keep updated when the core launches is to download, again, the online course guide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. Here is my conversation with Benjamin Reister from mindfulcounselinggr.com and me. Hey, Benjamin, welcome to Selling the Couch.
1: Hey, Melvin, thank you so much for having me.
0: Man, you are doing some way out of the box stuff in terms (laughs) of career. And I feel like just, I mean, we were talking about this, but like I I think about like our Facebook community, the STC Facebook community, and a lot of folks have said, I want to launch an app. I don't know what to do. And well, you're doing it, sir.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, and just to kind of say with that community, that has been such a huge resource for me. So thank you so much for having me on and just to be able to kind of dive into this with you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, no, no problem at all. I, uh, so you have an app called Metaphy. Yep. And where did this idea for this app even come from?
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, it's been kind of rattling around in my brain for a while. The idea really came from themes that I was picking up on with clients that I would always tend to see early on in the therapeutic relationship. The themes were kind of two different things. One was that people's relationships with emotions tended to be pretty dualistic and judgmental, meaning that they really kind of looked at them as either good or bad. And they didn't really understand kind of the uh, the full spectrum and the full kind of fleshing out of their emotions, that primary emotions have secondary and tertiary emotions and that there's like a whole palette to kind of choose from and to kind of uh, be in relationship with your experiences that way. And the second thing that I really noticed was that uh, clients tended to come in and kind of really just kind of conceptualize everything from the neck up and really kind of tend to ignore things that happen from the neck down. Just they weren't really paying attention to the information that they were getting from their bodies. And so to really kind of what I found was helpful for later on in the therapeutic relationship to be able to go deeper was if we started to kind of build a framework around what their emotions actually were moving away from kind of that judgmental attitude towards them. And moving more in relationship with them as messengers. That when we, our emotions show up, it's not good or bad. It's just it just is, and it has information for us to kind of to to pay attention to, to be present with, and to try to understand. And that if we can do that with our emotions, and we also do it with our full bodies, we can all often find that different parts on our bodies will relate to different emotions, or different circumstances, and our bodies will react in different ways to different things if we're if we're showing up to pay attention to those things. And so when clients would tend to start to pay attention to these things and have a different relationship with their emotions. It tended to really help when we started to go deeper and really kind of unfold their story and really try to understand how these different things may have impacted different parts of their story. It's kind of like a a movie or a novel. Like if you pay attention to the small details, you see foreshadowing. And this is kind of what I was trying to teach clients to do early on. And so I was talking with other clients about these things and started to get a lot of validation that, yeah, they were seeing these kinds of things too. And I was joking around with Brian, who's a colleague here at Mindful Counseling, with me about this. And they said, hey, it would be great if there was an app for that. And we just kind of laughed it off. And, and I went back to my office and pulled up the app store and was just like, I wonder if there is any apps like this. And I found a lot of apps that were like mood trackers, but really kind of encouraged that dualistic, is it good, is it bad kind of feeling. And then I found a lot of apps that were, had a lot of kind of meditation and mindfulness stuff to it. But I didn't find anything that kind of had that physical, somatic, bodily kind of aspect to it. And so that's really kind of where the idea started from. And I just kind of started thinking about what would that look like and, and talking to other friends and family and other colleagues about what would something like this look like. And that's kind of where it started.
0: That's amazing. I don't even know what to say. Like, <laughs> I mean, one, it's like there's just so many like golden nuggets in there. You you were present with your clients and present enough to notice that these patterns kept happening over and over again, right? Yeah. So I don't know, this might be a really silly question, but... How did you like move from the mindset of I should just create like a a worksheet or, you know, something for that versus like an app?
1: Yeah. So I don't have a lot of handouts that I give to clients. Like, Mm -hmm. in fact, really, the only thing that I ever hand to clients (laughs) besides obviously paperwork and stuff like that would be like the emotional color wheel. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you're familiar with that, but. I think it's really helpful for clients to see like there's this whole broad range of emotions that are housed under each primary emotion and it really kind of helps them kind of have something tangible to understand that like anger doesn't just mean you're angry. It means you could be enraged or it means you could be irritated and anywhere in between and that's a very large spectrum. So that I found that really helpful. So I would hand that out quite a lot. But when I was talking, I think I alluded to earlier talking with Brian about it'd be great if there was an app. And the reason that came up was when we were talking about it, we noticed that some clients would be just dive into it, they'd like get a little notebook, and they'd carry that around and kind of try to keep track. And some clients would try to keep track in their heads, and other clients would just kind of keep track in session. (laughs) And so there wasn't really a good way for people to kind of be really present and in the moment in kind of a mindful way. Like I'm going to be right here right now with this emotion and this experience and just log it. But everybody carries a phone around or at least most people carry a phone around and they can whip out their phone and they can do it really kind of like confidentially, right? Like if you whip out your phone, you can be doing a, a million different things on it. And if you could just do a quick entry and then go back and look at them later, you could really start to see a framework kind of develop before your eyes and in your hand about the experiences that you're feeling and start to make connections that way.
0: That's amazing. I mean, just to be able to see, I mean, just to have that sort of foresight and to say, I feel like, I don't know, for me, I feel like the best products are ones that solve like a huge sort of burning pain for people, right? It's not that you just go try to create this product that people may not even need, but it's more, it's a different way of looking, right? It's actually identifying where the struggles are for people. And trying to figure out a solution that addresses that.
1: Yeah. So really, I was just a desire to create a tool that helps people kind of increase their emotional intelligence, their body awareness, and just approach themselves more mindfully and less judgmentally, like right here in the moment, Mm. as opposed to, oh, wait, I got to go back and think about this. What will I be thinking in the future? I think I can just do it right now.
0: Uh, so you had this conversation with Brian and you were like, we should, you know, you should create an app for that. So you went to the drawing board. So how do you even get started with something like this?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I had no idea, right? Like (laughs) I do have some friends that are kind of in those spaces, right? Like I have some designer friends and some developer friends. And so I started asking them questions like, well, you should check out this firm or that firm. And so I reached out to all these different firms and I kept getting these ridiculous quotes back. Like, "Eh, if you want to just do a beta version, it'll probably be around 20,000. Or if you want to have a fully fleshed out version, it'll be up into six figures. And I'm like, nope, no, it's not like, that's not happening. (laughs) So I started to talk to these friends again. And one friend named Tom, he's a designer. And I kind of just told him about the idea. And he's not in the mental health realm as far as professional or anything like that. And he was like, that sounds amazing. I would use that. And so I was like, well, do you want to help me with it? And he said, sure, absolutely. So I brought him on board and he started to design the app. And if you take a look at the app, like it's, I think it's beautiful. <laughs> and he's a very talented designer. So I, I was very fortunate to have him just kind of jump in with me. And then I have another friend, a childhood friend, that developed this kind of entrepreneurial incubator program called Praxis. So I reached out to him and just asked, like, hey, do you have any of these new people that came through your program that are developers? Because I just had the idea that like, if, if somebody's brand new, they're probably going to be less expensive but really good at the same time. And so he gave me a, a few different names. And one of them, his name was Chris, and I just kind of gave him the idea. And within 24 hours, he sent me a PDF of kind of a hand-drawn layout of what he kind of conceptualized the app to be and it matched like perfectly with what my vision was it was just more artistic than mine because i have no artistic ability (laughs) so i just we tom and i just hired him right there on the spot because he was very reasonably priced and he seemed excited about it and it just matched what we were thinking and that's kind of how we got started with it yeah, like it's just you just keep looking for ways to make it happen and one door closes and you just go to the next door and you just keep going and going and going and try to get creative with it and just leverage your network, I guess, is kind of the biggest thing.
0: Yeah, no, I think I was actually just about to say that because I've learned the same thing with STC is, yeah. you know, when I'm thinking about like hiring out and things like that, I think, and I learned this the hard way is that I sort of initially would just kind of shoot, you know, randomly into the dark and hopefully yep. I find someone. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like what you said is so true. It's like instead of that, think about the existing networks you have. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like in some ways we're more connected than ever. And even if you don't know someone that directly does this, there's a a chance, right? They know someone that does
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. Or they can put you down a path that you never thought about.
0: So you got this drawing, right? Mm -hmm. And like, what are those sort of follow-up steps? What were the steps after that?
1: So I took the drawing... Tom and I were talking about it and we hired Chris and then it was basically just Chris said as soon as he had the kind of the designs for the app, kind of the uh, the wireframes or the storyboard or whatever you want to call it, he would get to work immediately on creating it for Android and for iOS. So Tom and I just kind of busted out over a week, like a very, like just based off the drawings, like he busted out just like a really beautiful kind of intuitive kind of flowing design really good colors, got a logo going and all that kind of stuff for us. And he brought it back to me and it looked really good. We made some tweaks here and there and then we sent it off to to Chris and he started to build them on the two different platforms. And then from there, it was basically just kind of volleying it back and forth over the wall. Like, here's what I got. Take a look at it. We give feedback, send it back to him. He tweaks it some more. And it just kind of kept going back and forth like that for a number of months. Because this is, I mean, this is all side projects for all of us, right? Like, none of this, like, (laughs) we're not making money off this, (laughs) this thing at this point. So it took a little bit longer than we had originally anticipated. And then other things pop up, like, like oh once we get this ready we we're probably going to have to advertise it so we have to use our network again and find somebody that can help us with online advertising and social media advertising and then we got to find somebody to help us have, get a website up there and like just all kinds of just random little things that pop up like oh i got to create an llc to to own the app and like it's just like all this stuff that like you just don't think of when you're like i just want to create an app like <laughs>
0: right so I mean, but I think a lot of folks get stuck in this, right, is that they may have an idea, but Mm -hmm. then they think about the other steps that have to get done, like, you know, the website, the LLC, all of these different things. Yeah. And that usually just stops them because they're like, this isn't worth the time or effort. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, was it like part of it was just you guys were naive or did you like (laughs) realize that? And you just like, what made you kind of push on and keep going? (laughs)
1: well the naive thing is probably a huge part of it to be honest (laughs) you gotta be Um, a little
0: bit naive you know
1: yeah right exactly naivete is like a huge asset in these things (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so i think for me there is obviously a lot of fear to begin with because yeah like i mean i have a wife and kids and a family and this is going to cost some money and like i could use that money for other things or i could put it towards retirement and kind of have a A somewhat guaranteed return versus this. But I really like talking to other colleagues and other friends and people that weren't even really in the mental health profession, all kind of giving me positive feedback on it about the idea and people that I trusted, not just people that I thought would be blowing smoke, kind of gave me positive feedback. So that told me that there was something here. And then the other thing I've really learned along the way that if you want to make something happen, like you just just put it out there and the world will refine it for you. And you can kind of just ride that process out. Like in private practice, we all know that what you started with isn't what you're at now or what you're going to end up with later as far as how you run the practice, how you sit with clients, how you get your name out there, all these different things. Like it's just a learning curve. And if you can strap in for that learning curve and be ready to kind of go for this ride, then the worst that can happen to you is people say no, or think that it's a bad idea or that you lose some money. But at the end of the day, money is just money, right? Like, (laughs) yeah. Right. it's just a tool to use to try to kind of increase happiness or bring something to the world or have experiences. And I was fortunate enough to have a little bit in savings that I could start this process and, and then some other people that kind of validated it for me. So
0: yeah, I mean, you just said something that was so, so good. I think, for many of us, I feel like probably because we're all high achievers. It's like, yeah, yeah. we want to have like the final product done. Yeah, right. Whether mm-hmm. it's An app, whether it's private practice, whatever it is, we want to have the final product done before we release it in the world, right? Mm, Whereas the reality is the first version will never be the final product.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a lesson that I learned from, I think I talked about my friend that started that Praxis thing. Mm. He did this thing where he blogged every day for like a year or something. Mm. And his big thing that he learned that he told me was that just get the blog post out there. And you'll just get better as you go and you'll get feedback from the world. If you wait until it's perfect, it's either A, never going to get out there or B, you're going to miss some really valuable feedback from the world. And I think that's the approach that I really took with this app was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to throw it out there and see what happens with it. And if we get some good feedback, great. If we don't, then I've learned some really great lessons along the way.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think... Benjamin, you brought up another point, which is that putting something out into the world and getting feedback from the world, that's so key because Mm -hmm. it opens up our minds to possibilities and and things maybe we hadn't even considered. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't know if you can share that and feel free to like not share this, but like ballpark wise, how much did this end up costing for this app?
1: So ballpark wise, if you include all the development costs, all the like font licensing website. And then the what we have budgeted for the first few months of kind of a, of very niche online advertising, it's around ten to fifteen grand is kind of what we've got invested into it altogether. Yeah, so it's that's quite, quite a bit bad. less than what I was originally <laughs> told by these other firms. So. Yeah, it
0: beats the uh, twenty thousand for the, the beta version of the app,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right for one platform. So, yeah. wow.
0: what challenges have you run into as you've developed the app?
1: So. I think some of the like we kind of touched on some of these earlier, but some of the biggest challenges is just kind of the self, right? Like patience and trust are huge in this process because I don't have any development or design skills. I just have stuff in my brain (laughs) and I have no idea how to get it out into this format. So I really have to trust Tom and Chris to take what I'm saying or emailing them and create it into something tangible and visible and experiential. So there's a lot of trust that goes in that. And then there's just a lot of patience. I mean, we're building something from scratch that has to be on two completely separate platforms that we don't know Other than just we think we have some good feedback on it, if it's going to work or not. So every time something new comes up and we put something into it, it might break something over here or break something over there. And we got to go back and fix this. And it's just kind of a constant refinement, constant fine-tuning over and over and over again before we think we have what we can to be able to release it to a group of people to kind of play with it for a little bit. And then they give us a bunch of feedback. Well, this didn't work or this didn't make sense or Because we're so involved in the process that little things that somebody come into it fresh with fresh eyes, we're not going to notice those things. So Mm. just constantly getting that feedback and just kind of moving at somewhat of a glacial pace (laughs) is very frustrating. (laughs) Because again, like you said earlier, we're high achievers, right? And we just want to go, go, go and get things done. And this process really taught me more than like, I mean, I have a mindfulness practice and all those things. So I've learned through some of those things, but this has really taught me to just, you just have to slow down and wait and you have to be okay with that. So that was a a huge challenge. And then the other challenge was just kind of the logistical things like this could really eat up a lot of time if I let it, but I still have to run a practice and I still have to be a father and I still have to be a husband and I still have to be a human being and I still have to do self-care and all that kind of stuff. And so to just kind of really create boundaries around it, which I'll be the first to admit, I probably didn't create the greatest boundaries around it, especially as we got closer and closer to launching it, because it just got more and more exciting. But I think that was a big challenge as well.
0: How did you like, I know you said you didn't always do the best with boundaries. And I haven't actually either, I think, especially at the beginning of it with STC. Did you like I don't know, for me, like, one of the things that's been helpful is I set sort of hard boundaries, you know, like, I don't do work on weekends, I don't work after 5pm, because that's family time. Like, did you sort of it sounds like at some point, you started to refine and think through some of that stuff as well.
1: Yeah. And to be 100% honest, that's still an area that I'm still kind of fine tuning Mm -hmm. kind of work between like we're running this private practice here. So and we've recently expanded. So there's some of that kind of going on, like just growing pains with that. And Mm -hmm. there's other obviously with the app and family and all those kinds of things. And so yeah, there was some things where like, I just need to set this down and go be with my kids or go be with my wife, or I just need to set this down and go do some stuff for the practice. And then there was other times where it was like I was getting frustrated with the process and the developers doing this and I wanted to be doing that, but. I don't really understand the development side of it. So, just really, when I started to feel, to be honest, if I had the Medify app going through this process, it would have really helped me. (laughs) Because I would really start to feel, like in my gut or in my chest, like just kind of that tense ball of like just frustration coming up. And when I started to kind of pay attention to him, like, oh, that's just me being frustrated and that attaches to some of, of these other insecurities that I have around this app. It has nothing to do with the developer. Like, I just need to own that and let him do his thing. So, it was really kind of helpful. Because he's from a different state, so we're working distance-wise. So it was really helpful to have that distance where if I wanted to send him a message or whatever, I would first kind of tune into myself and be like, all right, why am I sending this message? What's the need for it? And if it was truly like, I need to get him this information then I would just quickly do it. But if it was just, I'm just frustrated and I'm trying to micromanage this, then I'd just be like, stop it. Like, (laughs) just go be with your kids instead. And that's just kind of what I started to do with those things is just really pay attention and be in the moment with it and kind of decide as opposed to, I would respond as opposed to react to the moment in those situations.
0: Yeah, it's a great way of putting, like putting it. I think one of the lessons I've learned is like our businesses accelerate when we, Focus on the one to two things that we do really well, and then Mm -hmm. let the other people that we hire out focus on their strengths and do what they're hired to do. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, it just sounds like common sense, right? But like, I don't know, it's very scary, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I think there is, I don't know, maybe this will turn into a future podcast episode. But like, Mm -hmm. I think for high achievers, there's this, I feel like this interesting relationship between high achievement and control. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. And it's terrifying to let that go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not yours anymore, right? Like your hands aren't on it. And ultimately, if we're really honest with ourselves, just because our hands are on it doesn't mean that it's going to get done the right way. Because we can admit that we don't have the knowledge or the expertise or whatever and have the trust to give it to somebody else who does. It usually ends up being better, at least in my experience.
0: (laughs) Wait, I thought you said you had a background in creating apps. No, I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's what I do. Like. <laughs> <laughs> right. You said earlier that, you know, one of the things you're thinking about is just like monetizing it. So I don't know. This, again, might be a silly question, but so I've seen some apps. It's like free, right? Like yeah. free to download. And then there's kind of up, paid upgrades within it. Right. Yep. And then there's other upgraded or there are other apps that are, you know, 199 299 to buy. Yeah. Uh, so how did you like, what are you guys thinking for Metafy?
1: So, that was kind of a debate that Tom and I had early on about kind of how to monetize it. Because obviously, I mean, we're putting money into it, we're not going to do it. (laughs) We've got to get something back out of it. And it was really important to me for those kind of core functionalities that kind of name the emotion as opposed to judging it, locate the emotion, and then kind of tag the emotion to kind of build a framework around what it's being and what it's in response to. Mm. That was really important for me to be a free feature for people because that's kind of the core of it, right? So we came to the conclusion that we could have that for free, and people could kind of look at that for a time frame, like a week or 14 days or whatever, and they could view all those results for free. And then if they wanted to, they could upgrade for just a couple bucks, and they could see everything. And then we started to think, well, okay, that's a little bit, but I mean, that's not a lot of value, I guess. So we started to think, well, I mean, a lot of apps have like deep breathing exercises or muscle relaxation exercises or, or meditation timers or, or extended analytics or the ability to like export information and different things that you can kind of plug into it. So we created a second section in it called Medify Tools. These are just different exercises that you can do that really kind of helps you kind of get into the body, slow down, be really mindful, and, and pay attention. So for like two or three bucks a month, you have access to all of these tools. And every time we release a new tool, it'll be automatically included in it. And you can see everything as far as the analytics go and all that kind of stuff. But the free version you don't need anything more than the free version to start to build a framework and to start to really kind of see your results and and get a a real good sense of awareness around the thing and another thing that the upgraded portion does for you is we have a comparison tool so you could actually compare like this date versus that date Mm. as opposed to just seeing individual dates and stuff like that
0: oh interesting so like how you were last sunday versus this sunday
1: yeah or like this week versus last week and all that kind of stuff
0: it's really interesting I love how you guys are thinking about monetizing because, I don't know, like, I think you can build something that's truly helpful to people and you can create income, right? Those aren't (laughs) dichotomous things.
1: No, yeah, they're not.
0: Uh, And I I don't know, for me, like, I've always struggled with that.
1: Yeah, and I think for me too, and I think part of that was the ability to kind of see that now is in my own private practice journey. At the beginning, when I first got out of school, I'm like, oh, I want to make my services really inexpensive. and. Mm. And I started to look at it I'm like I'm starving myself and <laughs> to see these clients and I'm giving so much of myself in these situations like I'm worth more than that. And I think this app is definitely worth what we're charging. And I think we could probably charge a little bit more. But again, like I don't want it to be easy enough for anybody to access it and not have any barriers to it, because, again, this isn't like a primary income thing. This is like a secondary passive kind of thing. So I don't need it to to support my family or anything like that if it just makes its money back in a few, some walking around money. I'm happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of um, well,
0: I mean, but the other thing with the income is right. Like it lets you, you are able to then use it to further refine the product, further add upgrades, provide even more value to the folks that are already invested in it. All of those things.
1: Absolutely. And those are other plans that we have kind of coming. There's other exciting things that Tom and I have been like, oh, it could do this, it could do that. (laughs) And we're like, yep, but that'll come later if this takes off. So
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Benjamin, I wanted to just thank you so much for for sharing your wisdom. I know that this episode is going to resonate with a lot of folks. And uh, let us know where we can learn about your private practice and also about the Medify app.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for having me on and just the chance to kind of talk about this and tell the story. And it's, it's really fun to kind of look back and <laughs> see this whole process and, and see it. But as far as my private practice, um, I'm part of Mindful Counseling GR, which is in Grand Rapids. And you can find us online at mindfulcounselinggr.com. Um, as far as the app, it, we literally just released it the other day on the app stores. So either with Google Play for Android or the app store for Apple, you can find us at our website, which is medify.me. Um, It's M-E-T-A-F-I dot me, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. So if you go download the app and rate it, we'd be super happy and follow us on social media.
0: (laughs) Yeah, everyone, uh, if you're listening, be sure to download it and support the work that Benjamin and the team's doing. Benjamin, thank you so much for doing this, man. Uh, Yeah, I'm grateful, grateful for you, grateful for your creativity and just your ability to think outside the box.
1: Well, thank you, Melvin. Again, I'm very grateful as well. Thanks. Take care. You too.
0: Hey gang, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Benjamin and I hope that it gives you some new ideas, especially if you are thinking about creating an app. You know, I was thinking about a, a couple of the lessons that I took away from Benjamin's conversation. I think one of the key ones is that when we release any kind of new project into the world, Uh, the key thing to remember is that the first iteration or the first version of that product will not be what the final product looks like. But I know for me, a lot of times, even with selling the couch, as you guys may know, the time between when I had selling the couch to when I actually launched it was about almost six months. And part of that was my perfectionism kicking in and me wanting to have STC absolutely perfect uh, before I released it. And I don't know what happened, but I think, well, I do know what happened. I got way too distressed and uh too anxious and just too worried and constantly stressed out. And The biggest difference for me was just learning to let go of that need to control everything and just put it out into the world. And I love the way that Benjamin talks about creating Metafy. The way that Metafy looks now, it will likely look very different in, in future versions. But that doesn't mean that he stopped and said, hey, let me... Think about what that future version is going to look like, and I'm just not going to release it until there uh, that version is live and good to go. I uh, Again, you can find more information about Benjamin at mindfulcounselinggr.com, and for the Metaphy app, you can find it and download it on your Apple or Android device at metafy.me. That's again, M-E-T-A-F-I dot M-E. Benjamin mentioned a number of resources. And again, you can find that at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 112. I wanted to invite you to download the free online course guide. If you are thinking about launching an online course and just want some things that have been helpful uh, for me and some of the tough lessons that I learned along the way, you can again download that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide And as I mentioned right at the beginning, we're actually starting a live cohort called Online Course School. This is a great opportunity to join with other therapists to validate and launch and record your online course. The best way to find out about this and to keep updated when the cohort launches is to download, again, the online course guide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And thank you again for taking the time to listen.
1: Bye now. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com.
0: Hey there, hope you enjoyed today's podcast session, and especially if this is your second time listening to this podcast session, I hope that you've picked up just a a new level of insight and something that helps you on your private practice journey. As I mentioned at the beginning, we'll be back with new episodes very soon. And before we wrap up again, just wanted to encourage you to check out the Selling the Couch directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. Um, I actually wanted to use this time just to talk a little bit more about not just the director, but what we're doing and what my big vision for STC is. You know, as Selling the Couch grows, uh, what really weighs on me is how do we use um, our influence and how do we use the resources? And for me, how do I steward well um, all of what I'm creating. And so we're actually taking 50% of the profits from directory sales to create a scholarship fund for kids who have been rescued from brothels in the commercial sex trade. Um, When I was a grad student, I um, was very fortunate to Work three weeks in Bombay, India, with a NGO and with social workers in Kamatipura, which is the largest concentrated red light district in the world. Um, it's the largest red light district in Asia, and uh, I spent three weeks there. Um, spent uh, a day right in the heart of the center uh, of the red light district, um, going into brothels. With, um, with, with the social workers um, doing lots of education on everything from HIV/AIDS um, all the way to uh, trying to figure out what what some of these workers the challenges they were facing. And I spent the majority of my time about five hours away um, helping at a school where the kids of these workers um, were were and uh, just to teaching different classes, uh, getting to spend time with them, reading bedtime stories to the little ones. And, uh, ever since all of that happened, I just have always felt like, man, if I ever get the chance to do some big things in the world, I want to make sure that, uh, everything I create, uh, leads to something way bigger than me. And so, um, and fortunately selling the couch happened and now the STC directory is happening. And so this is where, uh, I'm hoping that, you know, we can dedicate our time and our resources, and I really have some big plans as we go forward with this. Hey there, I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast session, and especially if this is your second time listening, I hope that you picked up some new tips and strategies with this episode. I love sharing these old replay episodes because I always feel like I learn something new and I I pick up something new as well. As we wrap up, again, if you are interested in launching your own podcast, just wanted you to check out the free podcasting workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. And if you need a step-by-step course to help you navigate launching your own podcast and growing it as well, you can learn more about the healthcasters over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash join the healthcasters. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes, and when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy. Um, And all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.